Cool. It really is wonderful to um, be back in, in England after um, two and a bit weeks in, in the United States. And as Daniel said, we obviously have been uh, teaching through the wonderful, wonderful letter from Paul to the Ephesian church. Um, I know for many of us, this must probably one of my favorite parts of the Bible. And we will continue that next week. But today is a very significant day. What a wonderful thing to be able to share in um, the armistice um, uh, that was uh, recognized, remembered this morning. Um, And it's so important that um, we do continue to remember those who've gone before us, both in uh, the... Um, the natural world, but also those who have gone before us spiritually. So grateful. This week I pulled out uh, the biography of Hudson Taylor preparing for a very big meeting um, coming up this week, and I was reading his accounts of standing on Brighton Beach when God first spoke to him about going to China and what was birthed in his heart. And you realize that a man that was able to take 1,400 people with him into China, that's how many he raised up, to move from this nation to China, um, started something like us, a small group of people gathering together, coming up with a name. There's a beautiful chapter just on the, the morning that God said to them, you must be the China Inland Mission. And um, so we must remember those two. But today is um, also a, a special day for us because we join over th- these weeks with another 175 churches around the world who are part of regions beyond our church family. So if you're visiting us this morning, we're part of a wider group, um, a very small group of churches working in the nations. But we join together for our mission offering. And um, I felt as I was getting ready, because I've been away and Heather and I have been talking about what we would give, I felt so stirred by God not to miss what we are sharing in, as we did earlier this morning. It's such a key moment. And the nations are waiting in anticipation of what the church will lay hold of or what the church will respond to. So right around the world, the nations are waiting for the church to arise with the wonderful message of Jesus Christ, what we've been singing here, because even at this moment in time, some two billion people have no idea of what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. Two billion people, that's quite a big church. It's quite a massive number. And it's going to be the church as we arise. And so if you have a Bible, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 14? And I want to take you on a little bit of a journey this morning and pray that even as I read to you from verse uh, 24 of, of Acts 14, that you'll open your heart to God this morning. Okay? So that we can be shaped by him. And Luke, who is uh, the only Gentile to contribute to the writing of the Bible, um, he writes this as he's recording the events of the early church. And it says, and he's writing about Paul and Barnabas' very first missionary journey, their first mission into Asia Minor. And he says in verse 24, Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace 
of God for the work that they had fulfilled. What beautiful words. They had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained there, remained no little time with the disciples. Father God, as we look at your word over these uh, next couple of minutes, Lord, I want to pray that you speak deeply into our hearts. This morning as we stood before you and remembered what happened a hundred years ago, I pray, Lord, that what you did in our hearts then, Lord, you will do again and again through this meeting where you remind us of our small beginnings as the Christian faith. That, Lord, men and women who devoted themselves to your great call, that we can join together and play our part. Lord, in this great city, what a privilege to be here today. And then, Lord, in this nation, as we seek to reach out to every city and town and village and hamlet, but, Father, even further afield, that we would look to the far ends of the earth. Lord, put it in our hearts this morning. Stir our hearts for your purposes, I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Paul and Barnabas had been away from the church in Antioch for around about a year, possibly a year and a half, where they crossed across to Barnabas's home nation of Cyprus. And from there, they crossed into what we know nowadays as Turkey, Asia Minor. And for some uh, year, 12 months, maybe more, they traveled around, led by God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel had been received, we know as we read the scriptures, and I hope that you do spend time reading this, but reading the story of what had been achieved as they went into places. At times, it was tough as anything. They got stoned, they got beaten, they got chucked out. But they continued on to the next town. And so you can imagine when that day came, when suddenly word spreads around because there's no Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp for Paul and, and Barney to be able to say, hey everybody, we'll be back next Monday. They're out there. They're doing the stuff for God. And then suddenly word um, breaks and a ship has arrived. They've come up the Orientis River, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that goes inland in Syria up to where Antioch was, um, that we read about. And word spreads, Barnabas and Saul are back. They're back in um, among us as a church. And you can imagine the stories that they would have carried. And we read that they gathered, the whole community gathered together to share in what Jesus continued to do through his church. The Gospels speak about what Jesus did as he walked among us. And Acts speaks about what he continued to do through his churches. As they write there, Luke writes, he says, All that God had done through them. Amazing words. And today we, we remember a hundred years ago. Heather and I have uh, been apart for a few weeks now, so the last few days we've been catching up and we came into London, had a lovely meal together, but we also travelled around, we went to the Cenotaph, we went to the Imperial War Museum, if you haven't gone and seen the Weeping Window, window um, I'd really recommend it, it is absolutely beautiful to see 
uh, thousands of ceramic puppies coming out of the top of the Imperial War Museum and down and across the garden. It's, it's very moving. And you get a sense, and you cannot help but be deeply moved. We were standing next to all the little wooden crosses that they've put out at um, Westminster Abbey. I hope I've got it all right. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and it was wonderful. I turned around, and there were these two old men dressed in, elderly men, sorry, dressed in their blazers with their parachute battalion um, insignia and all their medals across here. And the one they stood up straight and they both saluted for a while and they stood over these crosses of their regiment and then they finished and the one turned to the other and said, a lot of memories there, aren't there? A lot of memories. And off they walked. And I just felt the tears go, you know, turned around and thinking, wow, the things that people have done for a cause. And even as we read this this morning, this is the early stages of the birth of the church. And we start to get a glimpse of what the church of Jesus Christ looked like. Because over the years we've lost it at times. And I'll come back to that in a moment. And so I want us today to remember what was done just under 2,000 years ago through Paul and Barnabas. And I want to highlight just three thoughts, and then I want to take you on a bit of a journey of what we have, as a family of churches, accomplished over the last month. Not years, the last month, because it was a shock to me, and I'm not sure I got everything. So three thoughts, here we go, if you like taking notes. Number one, it says there that they returned to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God. Or, I think it's the NIV that says, where they were commissioned. Where they were commissioned. And the first thing I want to say to you this morning, that apostles, the Ephesian four gifts that are detailed in the book of Ephesus, that we will come to in a few weeks' time, I would imagine. Maybe it's quite a few. Um, it says that when Jesus ascended... On high, he gave gifts to his church. Okay, and these were leadership gifts. They were gifts of the apostle, which means the sent one, the one that goes and opens things up uh, for the kingdom of God. He gave prophets, the one who speaks an understanding of what's to come and what God is doing in these days. The evangelist who, um, I don't know, if, I hope there's some evangelists here. Fantastic, John. Nice to have you with us. Thank you, Esther, as well. John's from Isle of, uh, Isle of Wight, Apex Church, a dear friend of uh, Heather's and mine, Mark, and his wife, Jackie Thornett, lead there. Thank you for being with us today. Um, but God gave these gifts of the pastor, teacher, so that the church would come to maturity, that we can continue what Jesus began. He was the first apostle, Hebrews tells us. He was the one sent from heaven. He was the first missionary, like Hudson Taylor arrived in China. Jesus was born among us and he came for you and I. He was our missionary. He was the one we responded to through time. And the first thing I want to say to you that we see in here, that they go back to where they were sent out from, where they were commissioned, because these gifts, apostles, do not float around. 
The world is losing the biblical understanding of the of the the terminology used. When you hear the word apostle nowadays, it's usually doctor, professor, whatever apostle, so and so, so and so, because he's trying to draw more people to his conference. That's not what it is. It's a sent one. It's a servant gift. And I want to say to you this morning, as we push on into the nations as we give this morning for our our mission offering if you haven't already maybe i'm going to stir you to give again but the apostles didn't float they belonged to the local church they belonged in the local church and they knew it because brothers and sisters mission is a family affair it's a family affair it's the whole church. It's not just the missions department or this person or that gift that we say, oh, are you off again? The church of Jesus Christ was birthed to make Jesus famous throughout the world. And Paul and Barnabas returned to these dear friends, these beloved as they called. They were accountable. They had been entrusted by the body for a task. And they had returned to give a report. And when you read this, you get a sense that they were eager to return. It wasn't missed out. Oh, no, we have to go back. Can't we just stay on the road? It's such fun. Oh, it's not fun. It's not fun. But they go back. But one of the beautiful things that we see as they return to give an account is they speak about what has been fulfilled. They wanted to go back and say, we started with one coin, we've returned with ten. They wanted to show a prophet. We too are a base church. Antioch was Paul and Barnabas' launch pad, their base, but also their mission control. And they returned to it. And it's such a joy for me to return or when Heather and I go we go again this, uh, this week into the Middle East but when you return we belong to a family and that's the way God wants it it's the way that he does it going to America I preached five times maybe six times and each time it was so wonderful to stand up and say you might remember when I was here last time which was June this year and say there was something being birthed in our hearts. It was a small community called Trinity Church London. Well, as I stand before you today, I bring you greetings from the Trinity Church family. Oh my goodness, the response in America, because they had heard that something was going to happen. Now it's happened. Hallelujah. Thank you. Goodness. Help me, Jesus. Give someone a big high five next year and say, we did it. Okay. Morning, all of you. Some of you look like you've arrived from America. But it's wonderful to be able to say, brothers and sisters, we were just a thought. We were, we were in the planning stage. Now we're a community and be able to tell them some of the stories yeah. that are in this room. Yeah. It's wonderful. So they return to where they were commended and they belong there. The second thing I want to say to you is when they return, it says, 
And when they arrived and gathered the, whole, the, the church together, and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done through them. Yes. The apostles did not return and say, could we have a leaders meeting? Could we meet with the board? Could we meet with the senior leaders, please? Because we want to give an account. It was never like that. They gathered the whole church. And if you remember, um, oh, it's, I wish I had more time, but Paul lands up in Troas, which is Troy, the original Troy, if you saw that movie. Um, he arrives there. God opens a great door for him, but his friend Titus wasn't there to meet him. It's beautiful scripture in Corinthians. And so Paul does, doesn't preach the gospel because his friend Titus is missing. The reason is that Titus had taken the letter to Galatia. <laughs> Paul wanted to find out how his message had received. But eventually he does return to Troas. And you'll remember that when he does share all that God's doing, poor old Eutychus falls out the window in the middle of the night. And you can imagine the stories, the family life together, that they're all sitting, the children. And may I just say to moms and dads in this room, please don't Silence your children in church. <laughs> We've got to be a family. It was never meant to be pews and rows. It was meant to be family. And as we do family together, we share in the great advances of the gospel that Jesus is doing. And then we get involved in it. And so they gather the whole church together and the report is given to everyone. And I want to say to you, even though I spend a few weeks in um, America all the time getting watching the WhatsApp groups, what's happening at Trinity, who was there asking Heather, how did we do? How did Daniel preach today? <laughs> all these things. I need to speak to you, by the way. <laughs> and she said, oh, it was magnificent. Nothing here. Oh, brilliant. But... I, I live with it because this is our family. But equally so, there needs to be ownership here of what we are doing in the nations. Yes. What Craig is doing when he heads off to Lebanon. Yeah. It's been such a joy to meet Vlad mm. and Naomi. And I'm sure many of you don't know all he's doing. We're going to hear over the weeks because he's doing a work similar to what I'm doing in the nations, but in Europe. I was chatting to him earlier and reminding him, or just sharing with him, although he did know that earlier this year as we were birthing Trinity, God said to us, you're going to break into Europe very quickly. Yes. I was like, how on earth does that happen? We, we've yeah. got nothing in Europe. Yes. God sends Europe to us, and that's no pressure, but it's lovely to have you with us. Mission is not the responsibility of a few. It's all of us, on the streets of London, in our homes, in our jobs, at our schools, in the hospitals, in the city, in this nation, and in the nations. Yes. The missionary movement was absolutely outstanding. When Heather and I planted our first church, we had a whole harvest of people get saved. And then we realized later, they had been brought through into an understanding of Jesus, not the fullness of life, by Irish missionaries 
a hundred years earlier and it had gone into the families. And we went in and we reaped what we had and planted. Just came in. They did a wonderful work. But quite honestly, it also put the church to sleep. As missionaries were sent out, the church retracted into a place of we're here just to hold our hold the fort. The others doing mission, we're here. Hudson Taylor, a beautiful story of going to a church in Brighton, and he goes in, he hasn't been well, he's down in Brighton to get some fresh air and some sunshine down in the south, and he goes into this morning service, and he's standing there, and they're singing, and his heart is so disturbed by the slumber of the church that he walks out, and he goes down on Brighton Beach, and he calls out to God. And he says, God, will you help me go to China? And will you give me people to go with me? And that's when God says to him, have you got faith to trust me for 800? Amazing. We can't be a church that's asleep. Not everyone can go physically. But we can all go in our hearts. We can all adjust our finances. For the work of God in the nations. Yes. We too are on a mission together. Mm. So firstly, they were commended by the church. They were gathered together. They shared in the church. And very lastly, I want you to see there that they talk about how God, how he in verse 27, had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. God is going before us. He is the great missionary. He is the one seeking and saving the lost. And we are called to be caught up with him. He has opened a great door for us. It's unbelievable what God is doing. And I want to take you on a bit of a journey like Paul would have done Barnabas. I haven't got my Barnabas this morning, but I'm going to have to do it on my own because... I was reading a contextual um, Bible about this passage um, yesterday and they talked about how Paul and Barnabas would have been a tag team. You should have seen this happen. No, hang on, hang on Barnabas, let me tell them this and then it was that and so it goes and the, the faith for what God is doing in the mission rises. I'm going to try and do that on my own. So let me have that first. Could I have the first slide? Not that one. That's the one. This is the, in the USA, in 2012, Heather and I were in India working among our churches there. We have now, I think, something like 28 churches in um, India that work together with us in regions beyond and with us in mission. And while we were there, um, a young uh, man stepped forward and he said, um, and I can't do the uh, proper Indian voice, Abdullah, I think, could help me here. Um, <laughs> But he said, uh, Stephen, I feel God's given me a picture for you. And he said, I see you, this is 2012, 2012. I see you reaching way up into the northwest of America. And I see you laying hold of it. And he said, no sooner did you have the northwest of America, very, very detailed, in your hand that you turned around, you looked down at Australia... Claire, you reached down into Australia and you took hold of that and you brought them together 
has won. And so for the last three years, or three years ago, just over, a door opened into the northwest of America. And we now have six churches, individual communities, who are now joining together as a family for world mission. And so we gathered, if you look at this top left here, we did a conference together and we created a prayer chain, uh, sorry, a prayer tunnel, and all the leaders stood and everybody passed through it. And it was like the loaves and the fish because we thought, okay, that'll take 20 minutes. But it's almost like as we prayed, the crowd grew and grew and grew. Ray Lowe came to me and said, some of us can't stand this long. And he went off to the gents quickly and came back and he said, are they still people? And so we went. It was just magnificent to see as the power of God came. But in America, we started with these rather, um, I mean, beautiful churches, but quite isolated, possibly individualistic, looking after their own work. Now they're starting to work together. And while we were there, a dream that I've carried in my heart for a church plant in a city called Bozeman, right near Yellowstone National Park um, in Montana, somebody came through and said, I can lead the plant. And so about this time next year or a little bit later, we'll plant into Bozeman. And so God's doing a, a wonderful, wonderful work among us in America. And it's so exciting. To finish the story, in February next year, we go to Australia. Because a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I got contacted by a friend many years ago. And he said, I've heard about what you're doing, Regions Beyond. We've got a heart for Sydney. We want to plant 12 communities across the city. That's our calling. But we want to join you in the nations. Could we come in? Hallelujah. And so we go for the first time in February next year. I was busy preparing this morning and praying. And I felt that I needed to throw the invitation out for someone from Trinity to come with Heather and I. We're taking 12 people. We're looking for a team to go. Okay, so we're looking for one mature person who would like to travel for about uh, 10 days into Sydney to join us. And I thought it would be a good outworking for us doing this together. If God speaks to you, would you chat to Daniel? Okay, give you some more work. Yeah. All right, so we see that in America. Now, the thing is, when you get caught up here, you're away from home, you're in a different time zone, you're dealing with people all the time, all these things, it's very, very intense um, on, on a trip like this. It's one thing after another. But I became aware that even while I was busy in America, lots of other things were happening around the world. So I want to show you. So this is all in the last month. So this is my last 10 days. But if I could have the next slide. So while I was busy in um, America, there was a group of our brothers from Mumbai and from one of the, um, the, the towns in Orissa, in India. Orissa is on the eastern seaboard of the Asian subcontinent and um, right on the side there. Now, in 2008, there was an uprising among the Hindu fundamentalists and 91 believers were clubbed and hacked to death in this area. Ten years ago, remembering the fallen earlier today, 
but there were many in this area who died as a result of their faith. And not only Christians, but quite a number of Hindus as well who tried to protect them from these marauding band of thugs, I suppose one would call them. Through our togetherness, through our sending, through our giving, we have now returned and begun training people for church planting. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I just got this picture through. They sent it to me and said, Steve, I think you'll be pleased to see this. We're back in Arissa, and the church is going on. When we give to a global offering, it's not a case of saying, oh, they need some money for administration, or they need something to get a website going. Not at all. We spend a small portion on those things. What it's for is to get people doing this. And every pound we give, a portion goes to making some work, making church planting happening in India. Make it happen in India. It was such a joy to see. And I thought, Lord, the privilege that I am in America helping these churches come to maturity and get an apostolic understanding and grow in the advance into the nation and the nations. And other brothers are doing it in Orissa, in India. But this wasn't all. Let's have the next one. And while they were busy there, Donna Bloomfield, dear friend, part of our global team, had just returned from Burundi, where over the last year she was a school teacher there. And I can't remember how many years ago now, it was probably 10 years ago, God said to her, you must return to Burundi, your work's not finished there. And over the years, she has got involved again, and now two churches through Donna have been birthed in Bujumburu, in Burundi. Praise God. Thousands were massacred in this place. And even today, it's under enormous pressure. And Donna has linked up with two communities, and she's seen God move. Teams have helped her. And the wonderful thing is that next year, she comes to be with us. God's bringing her to, to Trinity. Because together as a team, as leaders, we feel this is where she must be based out of so that we can send her and commend her to the grace that God's given her for this nation. Praise God. So some of you have never been to Africa. This is a fabulous place to go. It is raw. It is rough. It is frightening. It is insecure. It is... All sorts of things. <laughs> but look what God's doing. Yes, that's right. And the only reason Don has been able to do it is through the generosity of our churches working together. Yes. So there's another one. Let's go on. Praise you God. think we're not done yet. Yeah. Look at this. Dear friend Johnny Cleveley. John has led Beulah Church for 28 years. When I first met him, he said, Steve, I not sure I want to do anything else. I'm happy here at Beulah and this is where God wants me. And I started to encourage him in a great apostolic vision. And so he's been fulfilling a call that we have had for a long time. He's gone to four nations, but uh, just uh, th three weeks ago he was in Sri Lanka. And I wish I had time to read out some of the communication. They planted two churches. 
They gathered 350 pastors for training. They've been asked to go back next year. They've hired a hall or found one that can take 700 for 700 church leaders. They've seen many saved. They've seen many healings. And here they are baptizing some of the converts. They did a work among the children. Thousands of children. And you think, a great door has opened. So I'm in America. I'm getting these messages from John Cleveley. And he's got this habit, which I must talk to him about, of sending lots of selfies. So I've got pictures of him. And you know when you wear glasses, you have to look through the bottom. So you, you always do this to take a selfie. And then you look straight up the person's nose. And um, so I've got millions of pictures of John Cleveley taking pictures in the background. Something's happening. But I want to tell you, this is what God's looking for. He wants to mobilize his church. And the only reason we could do that, John said to me, Steve, we're not coping here. There's so much happening. We're running out of resources. I got hold of the team and said, please send money across there. Let them get on. And so they were able to hire halls and gather people. Brothers and sisters, the church on a mission together. And no sooner had he left there. Let's go on to the next one. Not finished yet. This is the last month that I know of. Here they are now in Malaysia, where a couple out of our church in Dubai returned home to a, a town called Sagamat and just started a work among the Chinese Malaysian people. Look at the community that is growing in Sagamat. Here they are down next to a river in a park, getting ready to baptize converts. And there's our friend John Cleveley again. It's so nice not to get a selfie from him on this one. We've got a really lovely picture. But this is what God does when He mobilizes His church. But I'm not done yet. Can we have the next one? While we were busy in America, Burundi, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, a team left South Africa and went up to the east coast of Africa. So into Kenya and into Tanzania and into Zanzibar, which we can't see there, and started preaching the gospel and working with leaders. And so if you read that note, it says, Fun times in Tanzania and Kenya. Please pray for a team there at the moment, encouraging pastors in Dar es Salaam, Zanzibar, and a new church plant in Watamu. Have you ever heard of Watamu? Nobody? Wagamamas. Wagamamas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cousin. <laughs> Jesus has. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus has. In Watamu, there are men and women living, existing. We don't know them yet, we will. And Jesus died on the cross for. It's incredible. And so through this team from Southern Africa, this young man here, his name is Kumbi, was a little boy this size when we planted our church. And he was the naughtiest boy <laughs> in Heather's Sunday school class. She had 90 in her Sunday school class. Now he's grown. The seeds that were sown that we heard earlier have taken root in his life and he's now given himself 
to church planting. He came to us, was it two years ago? I didn't recognize him. He's got the biggest smile you can ever imagine. He's got, a, he's got his mouth closed there. And he arrived and he said, do you remember me? I said, no, I don't. He said, it's Kumbi. And I said, sorry, Kumbi. He said, I was the naughty one in, in Meheather, Mother Heather, Meheather's Sunday school class. I said, Kumbi, <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Now he's in East Africa, part of a team, raising up people. Praise God. God has opened a great door for us. He's put us here in London yeah. for this city. And I tell you what, every time I come in, I think, what a privilege. Yeah. Standing yesterday, experiencing all these things around the armistice and all that this nation has done and all that it will do, and realizing that our prayers and the preaching of the gospel will shape the future of this nation. Yes. Amen. It's a privilege. Amen. Is that it, I think? There must probably be many others. I'm sure others, if they were all here, would be shouting, you didn't get this or you didn't get that. It's just so hard to keep touch. Mm. But brothers and sisters, this is what God's called us to do. Hallelujah. Three things. Can I have the next slide? We're a base church for the nations. Please don't forget that. We're not holding ground yet. This is the early days. These early days. In the years to come, we'll look back and think, wow, do you remember when we were in the Hilton Hotel right next to Victoria Station and the sun shone every day? <laughs> and God would have grown us and yeah. added and the nations will come in. Yeah. But we're a base church. We're on a mission together. We're on a mission together. You can play your part as we grow and as communication grows, you'll be able to get more access to the information I've shared today. But give your hearts to it. I believe God really wants that. And brothers and sisters, we have a great open door before us. In the city, in this nation, but also into the nations. Next year, who knows where we will be and the places God will take us. Who will be going with us? as we take the nations. And I'd love us to end today and um, ask you, if you don't mind, just to, to break into to threes or fours. Could you do that quickly? And don't speak about the weather. It's absolutely perfect outside. And Nando's are presently cooking your chickens. You don't have to worry about that. We're going to finish in just a few minutes. I'm going to hand over. But I want us just to pray for three things very quickly. So if you just break into groups of three, you can sit down or if you feel like stretching your legs, you can stand. Because it's not so much about what you hear, it's about what you embrace in your heart. Is that okay? Yes. So if you don't know the people with you, say, hi, my name is. Okay. And then I want us to pray. If there are four of you, no problem. If there are five, that's good enough as well. If you one, I wonder if you could be more friendly. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to give you two minutes on each subject. Okay, so number one, I want you very quickly all together to raise your voices and say thank you, Lord, for um, raising us up as a base church for the nations. Not every church gets that privilege. Okay? Well, do you hear that? It's a privilege. God <laughs> gives us nations. So say, Lord Jesus... Thank you for raising. Let's do that. Let's pray now. Pray with fervor. Come on. Let's stir each other.
Thank you, Jesus. Keep going. Come on, Lord. Hear our cries of our hearts for these places, Lord. Cries of our hearts for these places, Lord. Come and do your work, Lord Jesus. Come and do your work, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, do it among us. Okay, and one last one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. America, maybe, if you haven't prayed for that. Tanzania. Kenya. Zanzibar. Swaziland, Malawi, Pakistan, Nepal. Come, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A great wide door has been opened before us. A great door. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Amen. Amen. Why don't you just look at me for a moment? And then I want you to pray for two last things, believe it or not. We have just been on world mission. That was about four and a half minutes. We've been on world mission together. We're shifting things, changing things, pushing forward. This is what it's like. Opportunities will come for more and more to go. My, my heart for Trinity, Daniel knows, is I hope we'll send teams once, twice a year. We will say there's a team going there. Who can go? That's my heart. Really want to see it, a mobilized church. But we've done church. We've done world mission. You want to do it again tomorrow morning? And the next morning? And maybe tomorrow night? Okay? This is how we do it. We pray and we ask God, have mercy on our brothers and sisters in Orissa. They're starting to plant churches already the sorry but i'm sure the memories of 2008 are still there where they lost brothers and sisters mothers children were butchered we need to pray for them okay two more things okay i want us quickly all if you could stand we have a couple paul and ruth barrett they were leading our church 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 yeah. I've been in America too long. Um, they were leading our church in Croydon. And to next Sunday is their last weekend at Croydon. They're trusting God to move into Lincolnshire to purchase a um, big property with a facility that they can become a base for training in regions beyond. So we don't have to hire hotels and places. We're having to do that this week. Funny enough, I've got 40 leaders from this nation coming together. We're having to hire a place. They want to buy a place. So very quickly, they need to sell their house. They need to sell their house. It's been a year now. Okay? They haven't sold the house. Can we cry out to God? 
And then secondly, that God would give us the right property. They're going to take their whole life savings and buy a facility for regions beyond. Amazing. Okay, mission yeah. together. This is what it means. So Paul and Ruth, can we lift our hands and lift our voices? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask for your grace, Lord Jesus, that you would establish, Lord, a working linkage. Lord, you would allow them to sell the house, Lord, that they could sell the house. Change it, move that, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I ask that you will grant them grace, Lord, and there will be a perfect property, Lord, a place where you know your hand is upon, where leaders will be trained up and that they will be loved, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus' name. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Very lastly, we have, over these two weeks, but it doesn't have to end here, we have the privilege of giving to make all this happen. And I am personally so proud of Regions Beyond because so little of what we gather goes towards any form of administration and that it is mission, mission, mission. And so I wonder if you could just grab one of these. It doesn't mean that you are going to give, okay? So don't feel that you're under lots of pressure. But I want you to hold it in your hand because I want to pray over you and I want you to ask God to give you a mission mindset with your money, okay? Heather and I have, this is our fourth special offering this year. And we always play catch up with offerings. My goodness, we've always got them out there. And each time it's, oh, we're doing another one. We, we did one for our business work. We were starting new businesses some time ago. There were 22 of us. We raised 100 and $75,000 or pounds, I can't remember, one of the two, in a room, 22 of us. We have started five businesses out of that among churches like we've seen to help pastors and families be able to keep themselves so they don't have to earn a salary from the church. They've got a business so they can live and preach the gospel. Okay? So it was a privilege. And now I look back and think, wow, we were able to give in that one. We have a chance now to join all these people around the world. And I wonder if you could just hold this before you. The Bible says, where your money is, that's where your heart will be also. I want your hearts. I want regions beyond to be a movement like the Moravians who sold themselves out for the purposes of God. And I wonder if you could just ask God to really just immerse you now in the grace of giving. And if you haven't given, maybe you've not given because you've not had resources, don't worry. Then say, Lord, would you please give to me that I can be generous in every situation, including this offering. We've still got a way to go to reach our 15,000, but we could turn that around this morning. So I'm going to ask you, just to get before God, maybe you've given already, just search your heart. Hey, wow, a great door has opened for us. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we hold these envelopes, Lord, as a sign. Just a picture, Lord, that we want to be solely and fully devoted to this call. We thank you, Jesus. You left, as we heard from AJ earlier, the riches of heaven, the beauty of heaven, to become poor for our sake. 
Now, Lord, we pray with what you've given us, would you please enable us to be able to give to what we're doing together with incredibly generous and glad hearts. I pray, Lord, that every month we would see a group of photos like this and we would celebrate because we know that together, Lord, the nations are coming in. The nations are hearing about you, Jesus. Yes. May you be made famous, Lord, yes, to the Lord. ends of the earth. Yes, I pray this in your wonderful name. Thank you for catching me up, Lord. Thank you for catching up my family, Lord. Thank you for leading us on, I pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.